Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Well, let me ask you a question. Simple question. How would you like 2023 to be the best year of your life so far? I mean, I'm not, this isn't like motivational talk, but how many of you would truly like this year to, you, you know what BC means? No, it means before COVID. It used to mean before Christ. That means before COVID. How many of you would like to shut the door and do what Jim, Pastor Jimmy Rollins, Whatever he said, hurt my throat. How many of you would like to shut the door on the last 24 months and say, COVID, I don't care if you came from a cow, a dog, China, or Dusan, bye. I don't know what brought you, but we want the devil to get you out of here. But But the truth is that negative thinking has permeated not just people's physical health, it's actually permeated people's mental health. I heard a statistic yesterday. Tony Robbins was on Fox News, and many of you know he's like one of the leading self-help gurus, positive thinkers of the world. How many of you know who Tony Robbins is? Okay, I think he's on steroids, but he's still a great guy. Uh, everybody needs a little juice, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Pastor Chris, is that true? Uh, I mean... I want to, did you ever get juiced up? Okay. When I was the chaplain for the saints, I want you to know I didn't juice up either. <clears throat> Although I needed some. Mike Ditka was our coach. We need, I needed some juice. What was I at? Huh? And he shared some late statistics that just floored me. Floored me. He said in the latest surveys of the last 24 months, I want you to get this, among young people, that 80% of them had thought about taking their life and almost 10% of them had tried. Had thought about it. That's astounding. That's astounding. Why am I saying that? Because your life is headed in the direction of your greatest thoughts. No matter who you are, as a mama, as a daddy, as a boss, as a bricklayer, it doesn't matter what you are, your life is headed in the direction of your greatest thoughts. And that is the emotional and mental cloud that covers everything. Everything is COVID. Everything is a conspiracy. Everything is... Is it true? And I, I, people call me all the time. They go, Pastor, do you realize that, that January 6th was a conspiracy? It probably was. Do you realize, Pastor, the election was stolen? Pastor, do you? I mean, they tell me. And I always ask this question at the end of those conversations. I say, you know what the last thing Jesus said was before he went to heaven? He rose from the dead to tell you this. Go and preach the gospel into all the world and make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I always say this one thing. That may all be true. But I got one question for you. What's that? Who are you discipling for Christ? 
They go, well, well, what does that mean? I said, well, it's the last thing Jesus said before he went to heaven. And when he sees you, it may be the first thing he asks you. It may be. I do not look for hope. I, we pray for godly leaders. Jonathan, our man, we pray for godly people. My hope is not in the political systems of this world. My hope is in something a lot more eternal, a lot longer, and a lot bigger. Amen? Should we vote? Should we vote for all the Mexicans that run? They're running over here. They're running. Pastor, how can you tell me so confidently that 2023 could be the best year of my life? I want to remind you what Pastor Chris Hodges said to us last week, the pastor of the largest church in one state in America. They had 108,000 people at Christmas. Here's what he said. You are a spiritual being having a temporary physical experience on earth. You are a spiritual being having a temporary physical experience for 80 years, if you're lucky, for 90 years, if you're not so lucky. (laughs) You start in diapers, and if you live to 90, you go out that way. How can I say that? Because we were created in the image of God. Pastor, what does that mean? Have you heard people say that? Is God white? (laughs) He is. All right. Is he Cajun? Yeah, yeah, boy, isn't that going to be great when you get to the pearly gates and he's standing there going, Sha! (laughs) T, that's you? (laughs) Okay. Is he black? Is he Mexican? Hey, you know that's your greatest fear. You stand before him, he goes, I've been waiting for you. Where have you been? <laughs> you know what y'all would be saying? Do you know Pastor Jacob? He, 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 he's, my, he's my pastor. There's actually only one person that ever came from heaven that has the ability to tell us. You know, oftentimes when, when we were reading the scripture, we actually forget that everyone here came from here. And there's only one person that came from heaven. Like South Louisiana is very unique. How many of you have ever been to another country or another state? Raise your hand. Okay. If not, come on, leave Dusan. It's time to visit. <laughs> but, but have you ever tried to explain Cajun culture to people that don't know anything about it? I remember the first time I came to South Louisiana. First of all, I was astounded by how beautiful the women were. So I married the most beautiful one I could find. And on January the 15th, it'll be 41 years that she won the Brown Powerball Lottery. I love saying that. Builds my self-esteem. But, but I, I want you to know that all of us here are spiritual beings having a temporary earthly experience and that your life this year will go no better than your spiritual Look and see what Jesus said. Because just like if you're a Cajun and you're trying to explain Cajun culture, when I came in, I saw these beautiful women. I went to back then, the big place to eat crawfish was in, um, in Bro Bridge. What was the name of the place? Craw- huh? 
Crawfish Town? Was that it? Crawfish Town? What was it? Crawfish Town. Okay, Crawfish Town. How many old enough to remember that? Okay. And like I walked in there and there was these gorgeous women and I would see them pick up these crawfish and just like pull the head off and then dig their finger in the head and go, and then they'd suck the head and the eyes would wiggle. I'm like, like I'm from Texas. I've never seen anything like this before. Hey, have you ever tried to explain that when you explain to people like, Hey man, you ever had crackling? They go, what? If you're Mexican, you would say chorizo. I mean, uh, not chorizo. What is it? Chicharrones. Here we go. Our Hispanic pastors right here. Chicharrones. Okay, that's the same thing. But, but to have it fresh. And then to explain boudin. You ever try to explain boudin to somebody? They don't understand. Do you know why? It's another world. When Jesus came to earth, he kept trying to explain to us like what heaven was like. And so in this story... He tells us, beginning in the very beginning, what we are created like and what God is like. Listen to what it says in Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image and in the image and likeness of God. He created him and, don't argue with me, God made you. He's the only one that can define you. The creator gets to define what is. So Jesus is now 2,000 years ago walking on earth and he meets a woman who's got a man problem. She's got a man problem. She's been through many men in her life. As a matter of fact, she's been married five times and the man she's currently living with, she's not married to. And Jesus starts talking to her. The story's called in John chapter four, the woman at the well. And as soon as he starts talking to her, she starts arguing church. You probably never argued where you ought to go to church before here have you so Jesus goes up and says give me a drink and she says what do you think you are asking me for a drink you're a Jew y'all believe in worshiping in Jerusalem I'm a Samaritan we believe in worshiping a church in Samaria listen carefully to me you can argue about which church building you go to all of your life that's not what God is concerned about He's concerned about something much bigger and much deeper than that. And listen to what he says in John 4, 23 and 24. To this woman, he says, but a time is coming and is already here that true worshipers will worship the Father in from the heart of the inner self and in truth. For the Father seeks such people to be his worshipers. And then he tells us what God is. Here's, here's the treasure. God is the source of life, yet invisible to mankind. And those who worship him must worship him in. And in in other words, it, it doesn't matter where you put your body. It's not the outside. You see, man is three part. Man is spirit, soul, and body. I like to say it like this. I am a, I have a, my mind, will, and emotions, and I live in my, see these two right here, one day they're going to be gone. 
But the part of me that is going to live forever is my spirit. And if you want this year to be the best year of your life, then this order has to be the order that you follow. Your spiritual life has to be the most significant, important thing in your life. And your, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions has to be under the control of your spirit. Or else your body will end up dragging you around and instead of looking like that, you'll look like this. And the biggest part of you that controls and has the steering wheel of your life will be your body. And the voice of your body is called feelings and your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. And they will control you. And this part of you, remember, God is a what? And we are a? Do you remember when Adam and Eve ate in the garden? God told them, if you touch or eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely. Did they eat? Did they die? What died? Their spirit died. The part of them that was connected to God. So here's the conversations Jesus having with the woman. You keep telling me, where do I put my body at to worship? I keep telling you until you're spiritually alive, it doesn't matter where you worship, you can't get connected to God. He's a spirit. So pastor, why is this so significant? Because if you don't allow your spiritual life to direct you this year, you will succumb to everything that is flooded across the media, social media, the spirit, and the culture of this world. You will still be under the shadow of BC before COVID. And you will still live that way. Listen to what the Apostle Paul tells us describing this in Romans chapter 8, verse 5. These two parts of us. He says this, for those who live according to the flesh, when I am guided, when my life is controlled by my body, which is my feelings, and my soul, and the voice of my soul is reason, when I am controlled by that, the Bible calls this person living in the flesh or carnal. It's the Latin word carne. It means meat. Chile con carne is just meat. I'm led by my flesh. So it says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds. Remember, your life is going in the direction of your greatest thoughts on the things of the, which gratify the body. But those who live according to the, set their mind on the things of the, his will, his purpose. Now the mind of the flesh is, what does that mean? Let me tell you what that means. The mind of the flesh, thinking about your camp, thinking about expanding your house, thinking about getting a pay raise, working in your garden, getting some property somewhere, expanding your double wide, putting a porch on it. Listen to me. Those things aren't necessarily bad. They just die when you do. So let me me show you something. Suppose I came to you and I said, listen, I'm your pastor. Do y'all trust me? Okay. The rest of you, you're still trying to figure it out. All right. That's good. And I said to you, I have found a place where whatever monies you give me at the end of the year, it will be multiplied by a thousand. So if you give me a hundred dollars, it will be. 100,000. 
If you give me $1,000, it would be a million. Okay, how many of you say, Pastor, I'm in? I'm greatly trusted. I sure appreciate that. <laughs> Devin, is there any spots for counseling? You know what? You would give me that money if you believe that was true, correct? But what if I told you it would multiply times a thousand, but on January 1st, it would turn to zero? How much would you give me? I know. I'd spend it all on December 31st. <laughs> I got you. You know what you'd say? Nothing. There's nothing wrong with enjoying all the things that God gives you here on earth. The problem is they die when you do. How many of you just discovered that the NFL just got religion back? Now, I don't know how long it's going to last because NFL stands for not for long. But remember when everybody was kneeling for all kinds of different strange reasons, but now look, an ESPN commentator praying every one of them out there and you're sitting there and you're watching this and they were the, these are the same people that were fighting you if you prayed in the center of the field. What happened? Someone died on the football field. That's what happened. And do you know what happens in the last part of people's life when they know they're going to die? In a moment, they realize what's temporary and what's lasting. Look at me. I'm your pastor. I want you to know that before you die. I want you to know that before you die. Did you hear about the billionaire that died? They said, Pastor, how much did he leave behind? I said, everything. That's why the Bible teaches us that we can send it in front of us by investing in eternal things. In eternal things. So let's go and finish it. They set their minds on the things of the Spirit, His will and His purpose. Verse 6. Now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin. But the mind of the spirit is? What? Say it loud. Scream it out. Hold it. I can either have death or I can have, I can have, or I can have. Okay. Let me ask you like the same, St. Martinville, you need to pray on that. To figure out which one you want? How many of you would choose life and peace every time? But look at me. You choose that every day. Your life is going in the directions of your greatest thoughts. And the choices that you put behind that. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritual minded is life and peace. The spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God both. And. Yes, now and forever. Now and forever. Can I tell you the difference between rich and wealthy? Rich and wealthy. I pastor people that are trying to make their trailer payment each month. And I pastor people who have billions of dollars. Do you know what the difference is between rich and wealthy? Rich is I got a big house. Rich is I can buy any car I want. Rich is I can eat at Ruth's Chris breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know what wealthy is? 
Wealthy is, I'm the most famous person at my house. My children and my grandchildren love me. My wife thinks I'm a big deal. My neighbors love me. And the people that know me the most love me the most. That's wealthy. And when they think about me being gone, their thought is, my God, what would I do without them? My God, they're coming back to the house. Look at me. I know very few people in this life who are rich and wealthy. But when you get to that moment, and I've been with many people when they passed, many, many. I promise you, nobody's, I I remember laying with Dr. Charlie Prejean, who helped found this church, taught at LSU School of Medicine, one of my dearest friends. We buried him right here with a doctor's lab coat and an LSU jersey. A Saints jersey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Charlie. It's a Saints jersey. He's an LSU fan too. I remember being with him a week before he passed. His house right outside River Ranch and he's laying there and of course hospice is there and everyone's there. And me and Pastor Eugene are on one side telling him how much we love him and we're praying for him. And the guy comes walking in, wealthy businessman, we're kind of standing back like this and he's talking with him at the bed and the guy says, Charlie, have you seen the house I'm building in River Ranch? That's what he said. And he steps back and turns like this and Charlie goes, do you know why? Because at that moment, it's very easy to see what's here and now and what is eternal and life and peace. You know what wisdom is? It's knowing that now before you get to that moment. Before you get to that moment. You and I can fill our life with things that promise us life and peace. So this week, we're going to ask you to fast and pray. Not pray fast, fast and pray. Fast and pray. Pastor, why fast and pray? I want to answer that question. Because there are some things in some of our lives that have been like real hurdles to get over. They're like mountains. You, you, some days you get victory over it, and then the other days you fall back. Anybody got any errors like that? Okay. Maybe it's worry. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's alcohol addiction. Maybe it's work addiction. If you're a work addict, you're celebrated by the world, and you make money. If you're the other kind of addict, you're despised by the world. But both of them hurt the people that love you just the same. (sighs) Did you hear me? I know many people that have climbed the ladder of success and stepped over their mates and their children to get there. And they got to the top and they were more miserable than they've ever been before in their lives. Yes. Do you know how many people that played in the Super Bowl with Chris Reese that are in prison right now? That's true. Is it true? And they were tormented then privately. It just got exposed later publicly. I want you to have life and peace and the greatest year that you can ever have. But when you have to overcome hurdles in your life, and we all have them. You see, we all fall into sin. It's just different sin. 
Some of you worryholic. Some of you alcoholic. Some of you don't say anything when things bother you. Some of you explode when things bother you. You see, all of us have flesh patterns. And they're like, if you're driving a car, like the front end's out of alignment, when, when your life's not right, you pull that direction. You overeat. You drink. You do drugs. You cuss. You look at porn. You, I mean, all of us have that. Not many of you are as fortunate as me. Every man in four generations of the Aranza family, all the way back to my great-grandfather that ran off with Pancha Bia, were alcoholics, adulterers, and arrogant. We had AAA. The wrong kind. So for me, I can't, I, I know, I can't take a second look. I can't, I can't. I know, I know the, the things that have thwarted and destroyed four generations of my husband, of, my, of the men in my life. Now look at me. Some of you might be saying, well, pastor, but you, you, you're over that. And I mean, I'm here in church and I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm, I'm managing. I mean, why you, why you want to go off like that? Look right here. Why in the name of heaven would you want your children to face a giant that has grown every year since your great-grandfather dealt with it and it's grown and your daddy couldn't deal with it, your grandfather couldn't deal with it, you couldn't deal with it, and now you're going to leave it to them, but it's only going to be bigger. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? My, my grandfather walked 700 miles from the interior of Mexico, Leon, Guanajuato, and walked all the way to Houston, Texas. He could speak English, a little English, and so he got a job at the railroad. Hey, I am glad he walked. I found out what Cajun women look like and freak I say takes like, and I walked the other 200 miles from Houston to here. But you know what's amazing? When I tell my children what my grandfather was like and my great-grandfather and my father who was married five times, they look at me and go, Daddy, that's such a long ways from who you are, and it is. But it's the grace of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and the church. And look at me, and the fact that I wanted more from my kids than I had myself. Don't you? Don't you? Don't you want more for your children? Don't you want to see them walking and watch someone walking in victory over generational things that have destroyed everybody in your family for generations? So how do we deal with those things? Well, Jesus gave the disciples power to cast out demons and heal the sick. And a guy came in and he went, hey, Jesus, look, your disciples are healing everybody else and casting out demons, but I brought my child to them and they can't help them. They prayed on him, nothing happened. Try to cast it out, nothing happened. And here's what Jesus said to them in Mark chapter nine. Then he answered them, this type of powerful spirit can only be by and. Jesus says there's some hurts, habits, and hangups that will not leave us until we have concentrated fasting and prayer. What happens when I fast? You know what I do? I say no to all the cravings of my body, the carnal person that pull me over. I say no. So there's four types of fast. Pastor Chris talked about last week. Number one is a total fast where you go just water. 
I, I hope that if you choose to do that over the course of this week, that you seek a physician's insight or a medical professional to find out to be sure that you're healthy to do that. There's a second type of fast. It's a selective fast. Many of you will Daniel fast. Daniel was someone who in the Old Testament, when he fasted, he ate vegetables and salads. Vegetables and salads. That's a Daniel fast. Or maybe you will go through a partial fast. That's what I'm going to do. Eat one meal a day. It's going to be a, a partial fast. But here's the last one, number four, that all of us can do. A soul fast. You know what most of us need to fast? We need to fast our... Come on, go ahead and say it. It's like that demon that won't come out. Salvon. You know, that AT&T demon. Come out. You ever been AT&T'd off? You're driving down, driving down the street and all of a sudden you go, hello, hello, hello. People call back, what happened? I got AT&T'd off. Look at me. Some of you, now those of you that are under 40, you're going to find this hard to believe, but trust me, I'm your pastor. I'm not lying to you. Do you know that there was a time when phones weren't a part of your body like your draws? That's true. Do you know there was a time where there was a thing called a phone booth and somebody besides Superman came out of it? Do you realize how many habits that we have because of that? Like, like how many of you ever used to smoke? I used to smoke two packs of cigarettes a day by the time I was 14 years old. Okay. My teeth were stained. My fingers were stained. And you know how people are with, like when you quit smoking, how many remember when you quit smoking? Like, like you just, like you have coffee and you go, People go, what's wrong? Oh, hey, peace. What's up? Hey, yeah. You're just so used to that. Well, what would happen if you put down your cell phone and only used it when it rang? Like miraculous. You know what some of y'all would do? You'd be walking around, your arm would be doing this. Like, you'd just be walking around going, what are you doing? Oh, I'm working out my finger for when I get my phone back. You would. You would. Do you know what all of us do when we're sitting and waiting for somebody? Come on, mass confession, go ahead. You're the red light. Talking to your wife. You ever sit with a bunch of young people? I sit there and I watch them. They're all in a room, none of them are talking to each other, and they're all going, I'm like, hey, there's some real people that aren't like around you. Try talking to them. Look at me. Do you know what would happen to you if you laid that down and only picked it up when it rang? You would find life and peace. You would. You need to have a soul fast, a soul fast. So pastor, what should I do while I'm fasting? I want to challenge everyone to do the first 15. The first 15. I'm going to tell you about that in just a moment. But while you're thinking about this, you can do some really significant things. Number one, go through next steps. How many of you love our church? 
How many appreciate that when there's a fire or a flood or a school needs to be repaired or a funeral needs to be paid for, they always call our Savior's church and we, we take care of it? How many appreciate that? Raise your hand. That's you. That's your money. I love spending your money. It's your money. Not mine. But listen to me. When you come and you go through next steps and you get connected and you serve, then it's not just something you eat off of. It's something that you are a part of setting the table for every week for others. Is that okay? Join a small group. The roles will be open soon. How many have you been through freedom? Freedom will transform your life, won't it? It's dealing with the hurts, habits, and hang-ups of your life. It is, next to being born again, it's the most transformative thing that happens at our Savior's church. Sign up. You can go online in two weeks and sign up for a freedom group or a marriage group. How many could use a little help in your marriage? I can. I just want to keep getting better. Because I know by, by default, I'll start going back. Join a small group. Let me tell you what you can do, too. How many of you are born again? Raise your hand. You were born again. How many of you have ever been water baptized? If you've not been water baptized, Jesus said, repent and be baptized. On January 22nd, we're going to be baptizing people. Your next step in your spiritual journey is getting baptized. Get baptized. You can sign up with the next steps. You can fill out a card right there and leave it in your seat. Pastor Chris is going to be getting in just two short months, they're going to be launching our new Youngsville campus. Come on. Maybe, maybe you want to be a part of helping them. And so many people are going. Maybe you're going to say, Pastor, I'm called here. Well, good. We need other people to step up to replace the leaders that are going with him. So there is something for you to do to actually make practical steps. Remember, your life is heading in the direction of your greatest thoughts. Finally, last three minutes, the first 15. I'm going to challenge you for the first 15 minutes of your day to do three things. Number one, turn on your favorite worship song. How many of you have a favorite worship song? Raise your hand. Okay, I go, as I do this every, almost every morning of my life, I walk in to my living room very early in the morning, it's dark, and I say, Alexa, that's the only woman that listens to me in my house. And then the other day, she disappointed me. Like two days ago, I went, Alexa. She goes, I can't hear now. I'm having difficulty connecting. I'm like, did my wife and daughter talk to you? <laughs> but but look, look at me. I walk in, I go, Alexa, go to Elevation Worship. And that song that we sang, My God, My God, I Need You, O God of Jacob, I always claim that for me. And I'll turn that on, and I just start walking around Oh God, oh God, I need you. Oh God. Y'all know I can sing. When Miss Michelle met me, I was singing at the Hyman Performing Arts Center. I didn't just reel her in on my good looks. And for five minutes, just walk around, just singing, just singing. You say, Pastor, I don't sing good. The Bible says make a joyful noise. Just make a noise. Like, just make a noise. Just make a noise. Do you know what happens when you start worshiping? The temperature of any environment you're in becomes the temperature of heaven. It does. Watch. First thing, worship. The second thing, take your Bible and start reading. Read five minutes. Start in the book of John. Primarily, the book of John is the last three weeks of the life of Jesus. 
read, John was 14 years old when he started following Jesus. Just read John for five minutes and then put it down and then talk to God. Then talk to God. Now this week you can come and join us, but if you can't do that or watch, I want everyone this year, I am challenging you to do the first 15. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. In 30 days, your life will be changed. In 30 days, when a young man who struggled with things in his life grabbed me when he came walking in, he goes, Pastor, you know what I started doing? I said, what? He goes, I started the first of my day reading the Bible, and I go to bed at night reading the Bible. It's changed my life. That's a week. What do you think 30 days will do? What do you think 90 days will do? What do you think 365 days will do? Your life is headed in the direction of your greatest thoughts. Would you bow your head with me, Father? We dedicate this year to you. We do want to go into it having an eternal perspective. We don't want to have to get into crisis to figure out what really matters and what's really important to us. But really, what's always been most important to you always been most important to you. All of us, Lord, have have watched the movie for three hours and at the end said, what a waste. We don't want to get to the end of 30 years of our life and say that. So we ask you, help us. Oh God, oh God, I need you. I need you. We need you. We need you now. Today, we make a commitment to honor you with the first of our day. Today, we make a commitment to honor you with the first 15 of our day. And the days we miss, we'll just pick up right the next day or finish at the end. It doesn't matter. We'll just keep going. Help us, Father. We all want to know you. I know what you want to do. You, you want to do what we want to do. Every parent and grandparent here with their child. You just, it's like when we look at our children and say, come over here and let me love on you. That, that's all you want to do. You just want to love on us. You just want to love on us. We make it so difficult. We make it so religious. We make it so ritual. You just want to love on us. I ask you in the name of Jesus to change the spirit and the heart of each one of us, starting with me starting with me, to put you first in our year. So that in 2023, you get the best of me. And now with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you the most important question of your life. Jesus said, unless a man or woman was born again, they wouldn't see the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, unless a man or woman was born again, they wouldn't enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then Jesus said, don't be surprised that I tell you, you must be born again. You see, every one of us were born spiritually dead. Billy Graham was born spiritually dead. Mother Teresa was born spiritually dead. And so were you and I. But the moment my spiritual journey begins is the moment I am born again by surrendering to Christ for him to make my spirit alive, to come live inside me. I am resurrected that day, that moment. What a great way to start off your year. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, 
I want to remind you what Jesus said. Unless you're born again, you won't see the kingdom of heaven. Unless you're born again, you won't enter into the kingdom of heaven. Say, Pastor, how can I do that? It's as easy as ABC. A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus Christ became your sin bearer. And he died on the cross for your sin so you wouldn't have to die with your sin. And say, confess Christ as your Lord and Savior as you turn away from sin to be born again and come spiritually alive and know God. So on the count of three, if you're here and you say, Pastor, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus. I may have been christened or baptized, but I've never prayed to be born again. It only happens once, just like the day you were born. But Pastor, today, would you pray for me? I want to begin my spiritual journey today. I want to become spiritually alive. I don't want to be led by my flesh anymore, the carnal man. I want this year to count for eternity. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here and you've never been born again before, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand just so I can pray for you right at your seat. That's all I'm going to do is pray for you right at your seat where you are. One, God brought you here. Two, nothing is ever an accident. Nothing. Even the circumstances leading up to this moment. And now's your time. God's been calling you. Three, if that's you, lift your hand high. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be born again. Lift it high. All right. All right. Yes. Yes. Last 10 seconds. Pastor, I didn't raise my hand, but I want to raise my hand with those that raised their hand. I should have. But just pray for me. Raise it and wave it at me right now, and I'm going to pray. Wave it at me. Yes. 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 Okay. You can put your hands down. Church, let's pray out loud with those who raise their hand. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my guilt, my sin, and my shame, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I would not have to go. And you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn away from sin to be born again. Today, God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. And I'm born again in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, put your hands together.